Hello, everybody. This is Joshua Hatton with One Nation Under Whiskey Podcast. I am joined today and as always by my friend <laughs> and business partner, <laughs> Mr. Jason Johnston Yellen. It warms me to the very bottom of my heart that you have returned to as always. I greatly appreciate your generosity, sir. It, it thawed your ice-cold heart. <laughs> After I've been shut out for so many weeks now, you, you bring me back in. It's, it's, it's very much, you run this company very much like the Godfather. Uh, I know when I'm on the outs, I know when I'm on the ins, I know when I've been shut out, I know when I've been brought back in again. So thank you for that. You know where you stand with me, which is always good. You're the Don, I'm the Johnson. It all works out. Oh, right. <laughs> that reminds me of my um, my eighth grade social. This is sort of the middle school version of a prom. And every boy, myself excluded, every boy there wore the Don Johnson look. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. And just, just for frame of reference... As far as timing goes, A, is Miami Vice, and B, Ozzy Osbourne's tribute album was released. There was so much Ozzy playing at that social. <laughs> Couple that with a eighth grade Don Johnsons everywhere. I have a hard time doing pastels and boat shoes and no socks dancing to Ozzy Osbourne songs. It works, man. Wow. But you were in denim, I assume? Um, no, I, I wore an honest to goodness suit, three piece suit. <laughs> Last time. <laughs> yeah, now since just... then it's been all denim all the time. <laughs> I've seen you. I know. Uh, I ankle know. to neck. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so we're not here to talk about, um, Don Johnson, Miami Vice, denim. Ozzy that's Osbourne. A, that's okay. Previously, previously we weren't here to talk about video games either, but that didn't stop us. So. Uh, no, it didn't. Okay. Don Johnson. <laughs> file, file that away. Moving on. <laughs> I want to talk about, well, this is what I want to do. I want to continue the journey for our listeners as we went okay. from Glasgow to Oban, Oban mm -hmm. to Isla, mm -hmm. and Isla now to... Cameltown for a couple days. Okay. Okay. So I think the first thing to point out, and I know we made a point of saying this in the last podcast, Saturday, we started. Great weather. Mm -hmm. Sunday, great weather. Monday, great weather. Tuesday, great weather. <laughs> and and as you and I previously pointed out, when things are, are happening on our tour, we're always worried. What's coming next? Mm -hmm. And... Four days of tremendous weather in Scotland has me very nervous for the fifth day in Scotland. <laughs> because you know it's not going to continue. At some point, the weather's going to break. Yes. And you're going to go from people saying, this is amazing, to this is exactly what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so the weather forecast had the Wednesday kind of going bad. We had a, a private sailboat ready to take our guests from oh, yeah. Port Ellen to Canada. Yeah, wasn't it? 
little sailboat yacht, six mm. and two threes in my mind. Okay. We never did get a chance to see it. That's a spoiler <laughs> alert for this story. Um, and so 2 a.m. I woke up and the rain was, was bouncing off the window of the accommodation. And I thought, okay, it's only two o'clock. We need to have our guests to Port Ellen Harbour by 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. And uh, the captain, Brian, had said to me, we just have to push off by 8.30. That way we catch the tide. That way we catch the wind. Mm-hmm. That way we make it to Campbellton for this afternoon. It's like, okay, we, we know where we stand. And so from 2 o'clock onwards, 2 a.m. onwards, I woke up every hour. <laughs> and the wind got harder and the rain got harder. <laughs> and I thought, oh, no, this is not going to work. <laughs> and um, And so what, by about... Seven, maybe six thirty, seven o'clock. I called our captain Brian, and I said, "So Brian, this weather seems pretty terrible." And I'll, I'll tell you how bad it was, Josh. You are. <laughs> so I got very familiar hey, for a second. You know, there. I, I didn't know who you were talking to at first. I had to look. <laughs> I know. Around. It was just honestly, a guy called Josh just walked into my office, and so I just had to dismiss him. I, I'm with Joshua. If you wouldn't mind, just leave us, Josh. <laughs> Please, just for a second. Uh, <laughs> I'll get back to you. And so, um, yeah, so, so what was I saying? The weather, so bad. That eight-mile straight from Beaumont to Port Ellen. Yes. Um, yeah. It's very bouncy. It's mm-hmm. up and down. It's built across the peat moors. And so it's already bouncy. So as this rain is coming down, the, the edges of the road, they... They flood. That's pretty mm-hmm. normal in Scotland. You see that in a lot of rural places. The edges of the road will flood. Sure. The rain was so bad, the middle of the road started to flood as well. <laughs> and so as I'm driving my car, and, uh, and I, you know, you've been with me in a car, and any of our guests, people have been with us in Scotland previously. Yeah. I can do a decent speed along those roads, right? So mm-hmm. 70, not, not too tricky. Putting it lightly, maybe 80, go on. <laughs> I, I was doing 40. And that was the best I could get out of the car. It was churning through the water. Uh, all four wheels were churning. And then it would lift up on one of the little dips, zoom, fall down the other side. I thought I was in my own little boat uh, as I was driving along that road. It was, it was a mental experience, really crazy. So, so I knew things were very bad. And so when I spoke with uh, Captain Brian, and uh, I said, so... This rain looks like it's here for a while. And he said, I'll be honest with you, Jason, the rain is the least of our worries. Um, the bigger issue is that the wind is going to turn. Mm-hmm. And if if we wait for the rain to pass, which, which it was scheduled to, it was mm-hmm. forecast to, if we wait for that to pass, we'll be sailing into the wind all the way to Campbelltown. Yeah, I was like, yeah, we really don't need our guests hurling over the side of the boat. No. So, and so unfortunately, by about 7 a.m., with us meaning to be at the harbor for 8 a.m., we cancelled the sail boat slash yacht. Mm-hmm. Ah, it was a bummer. It was the first thing to, to get cancelled, and it was the first victim of the weather. Um, yeah, but it's, you know, it's it's these things where anytime you're out there, you've got to understand you got to roll with the punches. And every once in a while, shit happens. <laughs> <laughs> the <It's> fan not... <laughs> sometimes gets hit. 
uh, yeah, it was it was it was such a bummer because you and I had got our car scheduled on the ferry yeah. to take yeah. that over along with you know luggage and bits and bobs. It was also going to enable us to bring whiskey back if we needed to bring any whiskey mm. back. Um, and so, so, and that was, you know, you talk about rolling with the punches. You also kind of try to see things coming. You and I knew we had a backup plan. Oh, yeah. The weather yeah. closed in here. All we had to do was get our guests foot passenger tickets and they were going to be on the ferry. Mm-hmm. So as much as it was a bummer to lose the, the sailing across, we had it more than covered. We knew we were still getting to Campbelltown. We knew mm-hmm. we were still going ahead. And of course, the way the Scottish weather goes, by the time the ferry pushed off at about 9.30, 9.45, yeah. you know, the weather was starting to lift. Yeah, it was still cloudy. It was still misty. Um, but it was it was easy enough. And by the time we got to Campbellton, it was actually a nice afternoon. Yeah, it's quite nice. <laughs> Sunny. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit of wind going on. Yeah, it was, it was lovely. Easy peasy. Um, what was then interesting, um, and just you know, to tell you very, very quickly, because we'd expected our guests to be on the sailboat and we'd be picking them up from the harbour, we really had nothing planned yeah. uh, for that afternoon in Campbelltown. And so some of our guests got to stay in the hotel and relax and nap and, and take a shower. And some of our guests wanted to go into town, visit the Glen Scotia distillery, which we hadn't anything scheduled for. Um, and then some made it into the Cadenhead's tasting room mm-hmm. and, uh, and tasted through some very special releases in the back of the shop. So. Really special stuff, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, and, and that's, again, you know, the, the guests were also willing to roll with the, the punches that the weather presented. And so they said, okay, we're not on a sailboat, but here we are, we've got a bonus afternoon in, in Campbelltown, let's make the best of it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they were all in good spirits, good nature, and yeah, had a lovely time. All they had to do was meet us at the Ardshiel, uh for a designated time for dinner with Mark yes, Watts from, Cam- yes. from oh, Cadenheads right. and Ranald Watson from Springbank. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that was it. Nice, easy dinner. A few drams, a few Cadenheads drams in the bar, Ardshiel Whiskey Bar. Oh, very, yeah. oh, very nice. Highly recommended. Amazing. Yep. Great whiskeys. Yeah, I remember a, an order that Mark placed where uh, he, we were just passing Cadenhead's releases around the circle. Uh, very tasty, a Throisk in mm-hmm. there. Yeah, and, nice, spicy. Uh, memory serves, a 30-year-old Clintlish. It was 30, give or take. and Give or take. It, it spectacular. Was, yeah, that was one that Lynn got, and mm-hmm. it was one of the finer Kleinlishes. I've had in a good long while. (laughs) Stunning. Stunning. And I'll be honest, we've had quite a few good Clinlishies in the last year or so. It's kind of hard to get a shit one. Yeah, it was really fantastic. So, so yeah, so the the Wednesday was very much a roll with the punches kind of day. Mm -hmm. Uh, And all's well that ends well. And everybody got to bed and everything was was Mm -hmm. tickety-boo. A good day was had by all. And an early night, knowing that the Thursday was going to present some very special things. A full, full day. Yes. So uh, in in bed early, plenty Mm -hmm. of drams in us with, well, the exception of you and I who had to drive. (laughs) Uh Carry on. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, this wasn't Isla. This wasn't uh, the last day of celebration where I let loose, foot loose. <laughs> Fancy free. <laughs> so we wake up the next morning, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, <clears throat> little breakfast, and head off to visit Springbank. That was it. Uh, that was it. 
Ronald was expecting us, <laughs> even though he wasn't there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, but Cameron jumped into the breach. Mm -hmm. Who, uh, by the way, uh -huh. is lovingly nicknamed Sweeney. 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 This is a nickname. Let's call him Sweeney. <laughs> this is a bit like Pinky. I was not invited to ask him to call him Sweeney, and so I'm not sure we're going to jump on that. I'm not sure anybody's invited to call him Sweeney, but people do. So <laughs> I tell you, you call him. You call him Cameron. I'll call him Sweeney. People at home or in their cars uh, will know that the names are interchangeable. <laughs> um, and Cameron will be seen uh, around the United States. Uh, he's going to do um, much more work for Cadenheads mm -hmm. in the US. And so keep your eye out for Cadenheads tastings coming up. And if you get a chance to go along and meet Cameron, feel free to call him Sweeney. And <laughs> let him know you heard it from Josh Hatton. No, I don't, who's that? Like, no one knows who Josh Hatton is. Joshua Hatton, on the other hand, stand-up guy or so. <laughs> so I'm told. Uh, terrible. So, so yeah, wandering around. Here's here's the thing I always say about wandering around Springbank. If you've made it to Brookladdy before Springbank, mm -hmm. or Springbank before Brookladdy, one leads into the other. Mm -hmm. They're both very much the hands-off approach. They're very much the let the barley, let the yeast do their thing. Mm -hmm. Let the stills do their thing. You know, you won't see a computer in either place. No. You'll see cast iron mash tons. Yeah, open, uh, open top mash tons. Open top, rack and plow mm -hmm. in both places. Um, Springbank has the, has the additional fun benefit of extracting its draft from the mash tun via the roof. <laughs> Which, <laughs> when you walk in on street level... There's the mash tun. Mm -hmm. As you walk in that door, you go past the tractor trailer that's collecting draft. Yeah. And it's at street level. And you think, oh, that must be pretty simple. <laughs> and then you start to look and you ask questions and they say, oh, no, it makes absolutely no sense. We take all our draft up to the roof and then we extract it via the roof to the tractor trailer. <laughs> Could you, for the people at home, could you explain to some of these people what draft is for those that may not know? Uh, your draft is your expendable barley at the end of the mashing process. Mm -hmm. So after you've run your, your three waters through your barley, you've extracted as much of the sugar as you possibly can. You then have spent barley. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it's a bit like if, if anybody at home has done any home brewing. And you've finished sparging, and you've got your your bag of, of grain, or just just grain in general. You can actually use a small amount of that and put it into bread. You can put it into pizza dough, uh, and it adds a little bit of grain flavor. But if you're a distiller and you're looking for sugar, it doesn't have any sugar left in it at all. Mm -hmm. um, and so it, it's funny. I know we do misconceptions at the end, but one of the interesting things for me is that's the point in a lot of tours around a lot of distilleries that the tour guide will invariably say the draft is collected by the local farmer who feeds it to his local cows. Yes. And then they always make the same aside. 
very happy cows. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and the takeaway is that somehow cows are getting booze. Yeah. Right? You know, they're, they're happy from a bit of booze getting into them. And at that stage in the process, there is no alcohol presence. Zero. Zero. They're just, they're just getting spent barley. <laughs> and okay, maybe that makes them happy. I'd be willing yeah. to concede that point. But it's always with a wink and a nod, like yeah. boozy cows. What, do, what do you think the cows tasting notes of that draft may be? Um, I, I think it would be pretty one note. Because you're only because it's only one grain, it's spent barley. Um, the sweetness has been removed. Yeah, it's kind of just spent husks, really. At that point, bit of flour. Yeah, I I don't uh, think they're I don't think their tasting note would be particularly glamorous. Well, let me put this out there: you're not a cow, but I would say not being a cow, I would say if you gave me the choice between fresh grass, yeah, and spent barley, yeah. I think I'm a fresh grass guy. <laughs> All right, we need to move on. Um, <laughs> You're the one that brought it up, to be I know, honest. I know, I know, I was like, You just didn't think I would commit to it, did you? <laughs> so let's try this cul-de-sac. <laughs> All you have to do is a Yui. You're right back out of that cul-de-sac. Just, just pass by the mansions. Wave to the inhabitants as you go by easy, that cul-de-sac. Easy, So, uh, <laughs> So it's the next part of the process that really intrigued me this time around at Spring Bank because there's a particular part of their fermentation that I completely forgot about. So barley goes into the mash tun. They inject the hot water. They get this nice sugary barley water. We call it wort. The draft is then given to cows who are very happy cows. Very happy cows. Uh, the wort goes into the washbacks. You introduce the yeast into that, and the fermentation process starts, again, making a beer. But here's what really intrigued me. Mm -hmm. Nearly every distillery that we've gone to, mm -hmm. when they talk about their fermentation process, usually what's talked about is the fermentation time, Right, which some distilleries it's say forty eight hours, some distilleries it's one hundred and twenty, mm -hmm. um, sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less. And then you ask them, well, what's what's the ABV? Right, that's mm -hmm. something they don't normally give up. And in most, um, you know, most of these tour guides tell you it comes to about eight or nine percent. Correct. Right? That's your average. Correct. Do you remember what Springbanks was? I wasn't there that day. Were you not? Yes, you were. You came in late. Uh, yeah, not at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Springbanks. <laughs> Springbanks wash, four and a half to five percent alcohol. Wow, wow, it's a session ale. Yeah, yeah, really low, and and that got me to thinking about how much of that part of the process plays into the overall spirit character. If they brought that up to eight or nine percent, would Springbank have the flavor profile that it has? And part of me thinks not. Part of me thinks it'd be quite different. Why? I'm, I don't know. I'm not a chemist. I have no idea. I'm just <laughs> I'm just making grand assumptions here. But, but what's what's making you think it would change it then even if you if you don't have a running hypothesis okay there's something so, that's yeah. brought you to this conclusion <clears throat> what i want to say about spring bank is its flavor profile in my opinion 
is as standout as can be from any other distillery. It has an unmistakable flavor. And I wonder if that unmistakable flavor, whether the whiskey was matured in a bourbon cask or a sherry cask or a rum cask or what have you, you know it's a spring bank. So so now we're talking about spirit, okay? Mm-hmm. And before you have spirit, you have fermentation. And I wonder if that lower ABV affects the spirit enough to give spring, banks, spring bank its character. And if you think about the... Uh, um, the new make that we tasted, right? We tasted some 72% alcohol new make. It tasted like Springbank. Like you could still detect the spirit, the distillery character where many other, uh, many other new makes that we've had, you can't necessarily taste the spirit, you know, the character of the distillery. You could taste that it's good. There's some nice pears. There's texture. There's all sorts of things. But with that Springbank new make, like, oh, gosh, yeah, that's unmistakably spring bank. But it's also interesting when you're walking around with Ranald and, and, and we ask him the questions, you know, okay, so this is your mash ton and it's, you know, cast iron rake and plow. Have you ever thought about updating that? <laughs> nope. Nope. Spring bank tastes the way it's always tasted. Oh, okay. And you go into the, um, into the, the washroom, which... It's not the place where you go to the bathroom. It's where the, the washbacks are. <laughs> uh, and and well, you go in there and you say, oh, have you ever thought about extending your fermentation? Nope. Springbank tastes the way it's always tasted. All right, okay. It's a pretty you lengthy, about, it's a pretty lengthy yeah. fermentation, though. Well, have you but thought about on. changing your yeast? Yeah. Like, nope. Springbank tastes the way it's always tasted. And so just when you say yeah. the wash is 4.5%, and you think, well, what changes would that bring about? If they made it eight or nine or ten or what have you, we'll and if you know. were to ask Randall, they'd be like, no, "We're not going to do it because Springbank <laughs> tastes the way it's always tasted." It's just yeah. a key component for yeah. them is yeah. is they are deeply connected to their traditional practices and the flavors that have always come from those traditional practices mm-hmm. and, and power too. Same as it's one of the few in Scotland that still continues to use the worm tubs. Yeah. There has to be a, a beefiness, a meatiness in Springbank New Make that comes from the worm tubs, since that seems to be a consistent result of using worm tubs. Yeah. So Jason explained draft. I'll quickly explain worm tubs. Yeah. Um, so y- you make your wash or your beer, and then you distill that. Most distilleries will have. Uh, a, a pair of stills or two pairs or three pairs where you have one still to distill the wash and then the spirit still to distill that first spirit run. So you, your second distillation. Springbank has three stills because they do, uh, they have three different expressions. They have their long grow, which is heavily peated, double distilled. They've got Springbank, which is uh, medium peating level. Uh, two and a half times distilled. Uh, there's there's a whole, you know, chart that shows you how that happens, and we don't have the extra hour to go over it in this podcast. <laughs> and then Hazelburn, which is their unpeated triple distilled. So once that spirit comes off of the spirit still, so that second distillation or the third one, depending on the. Um, which run they're doing that spirit then goes through something called a worm tub now most distilleries have something called a condenser which looks like a 
a, a tall copper uh, column, and and the the spirit is cooled down, condensed, brought back down to a liquid, etc. But with a worm tub, um, the worm is a massive copper pipe that just coils up inside of like a small swimming pool almost, <laughs> <laughs> and and the spirit slowly condenses through a lot of copper tubing or pipe, yeah. which which purifies the spirit, but also for whatever reason, and, and maybe you can uh, chime in here, Jason, if you know the answer, tends to make for a, a slightly heavier presence in the overall flavor profile. You, you find it in Springbank, you find it in Glen Elgin, you find it in Anach. Did you say Old Pulteney? I didn't say Old Pulteney, but Old Pulteney... Same, same deal, yeah. It's still yeah. beefy, heavy, new make. And, and Krigeliki, and, right? Yeah. Which, again, new make is, is known for that as well. I've, I've no idea what it is in the process that does that, but it, it seems to be consistent yeah. with those who use it. Maybe it's the speed at which it passes through. Um, it seems a little counterintuitive because the more copper contact you have, as you just said, you remove the impurities from it. Mm -hmm. If you remove impurities, I'm thinking you're going to get lighter fruitier floral uh and instead you get heavier and oilier and meatier so yeah yeah if anybody knows drop us an email it's always fun to hear yeah. once we get one of those distillery managers on we'll ask them why why does the the worm tub do what yeah. it does yeah yeah not, right not just simply what is the outcome but why is that the outcome yeah yeah so so we went through the whole process and and Reynolds and Cameron took us through and, and showed us their peat, their dry peat, and their wet peat. And I found out something interesting is that they want to throw wet peat in during the peating process of the barley because it increases the amount of smoke that they get. I hadn't even thought about that. That yep. makes complete sense. Yep. Yeah. To think of all that time spent drying peat and then you make it wet before you put it on a fire to get more smoke. <laughs> Um, their, their, their pile of wet pea also just looks like manure. It's it's not your beautiful bricks that have yeah, dried in, no, a, in no. a pyramid uh, against the Isle of Wind. It's more like just somebody just picked it all up with a big massive spoon and went, bleh, yeah, there no. you go. It, it, it doesn't your, taste your like manure, pea. though. <laughs> I mean... Uh... <laughs> happy, happy cows. Happy cows. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, enjoy that draft, pal. <laughs> Happy humans. <laughs> uh, so the tour of Springbank all in all, I think it was maybe an hour and a half or so. One of the other things that they wanted to do was take us to the Glen Guile Distillery, mm -hmm. uh, which, which is a first for all of us. Right? Correct, correct. Um, and, and that's been one of the things in, in developing our relationship with Springbank is that we've we've never dedicated enough time to being in Campbellton mm -hmm. to do other things. Mm -hmm. It's been whip around Springbank, go into the Cadenheads warehouse, bottle some casks, jump in the bus and head home late. Yeah. Um, and now, you know, we had, we had one full night, but um, one and a half days in Campbelltown. So... And this full day dedicated to Springbank, mm -hmm. then Glengyle, then the Cadenheads Warehouse. So, 
yeah, we had a little bit more time than normal and we got to do something that we'd never done before. Yeah, which, which was great. And, and I was nervous a little bit before we got into Glengyle because, again, we had you know, four people on that tour had been on the tour with us again. And I know that all four of them were desperate to get back into the Caddenheads warehouse. <laughs> and and <laughs> I thought there was going to be a bit of... Uh, a bit of mutiny. I thought they just couldn't wait to get in there. And, uh, but you know, everybody was genuinely excited and interested to check out Glen Guile because, you know, it's, it's something that none of us have seen. It's a pretty rare whiskey because the output is tiny. It, it, they release a whiskey called Kill Karen, by the way, for those that don't know. Yeah, I also think at the end of the day, we remain a whiskey geek tour. Yeah. And yeah. and when you tell a bunch of whiskey geeks, yes, we're going to get to the warehouse. It is scheduled. But we'd like to show you Glengyle. <laughs> you go, yeah. oh, that's fantastic. Okay, yeah, private walk around Glengyle. Okay, yeah, it's, it's open. You know, they run it how many weeks a year? Six, Six. weeks. Six weeks? Six weeks out of the year. <laughs> right, Six weeks out of 52 it runs. It was not running when we were there. We no. had full... <laughs> full run of the place yeah um but it, it was interesting walking into it. it immediately reminded me of walking to aaron for the first time or walking into wolfburn for the first time hmm. where you walk in a door and everything's in front of you yeah you that's right in a single room everything's there. there yeah exactly the mash tons there the washbacks are there the stills are there the spirit safe is there quite obviously um but it's you just go up onto a platform and you can go from one part of the process to the next to the next. You're not going from room to room. You're not going from building to building. Mm -hmm. It's just everything's right in front of you. It makes it very accessible. It's a very, very easy way to learn the process of distillation as well. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, yeah, okay. That leads into that, leads into that, leads into that. Okay. Right, right, right. Which which is one of the reasons I've, I've always enjoyed taking people to Aaron because boom, it's right in front of them. And then given that Wolfburn's in the very, very, very northern tip of Scotland, um, I've only led a couple of tours there. Um, and now here we work, Lingo, for the very first time. Mm -hmm. What stood out to you the most about that distillery? Hmm. I would say going around, hearing where each little piece had come from. Mm -hmm. it, it really was a distillery rebuilt because I think the original Glengyle closed in 1925. Somewhere around uh, there, yeah. And so it's a distillery rebuilt on a shoestring budget mm -hmm. where, oh, yeah, we picked that up for 100000 We picked that up for 50000 I think the total budget for them rebuilding to be able to reopen Glengyle was somewhere around a million pounds. I think a little less. It was closer Which... to 600,000 pounds. Really? I think so. Sweeney, okay. feel free to to call in. <laughs> okay, I, I thought it was more ballpark milk. However, whether it's you know we're off by four hundred thousand, right? <laughs> right, it's a <laughs> minuscule number. Yeah, um, you talk about Westland, uh, south of Seattle, um, mm -hmm. being ten million at opening. You talk about Annandale in the south of Scotland and the borders being ten million pounds yeah. to open. Yeah, um, it's it's remarkable to hear of something in the in the region of a million pounds and mm -hmm. maybe even less than that that operates six weeks a year. <laughs> it's right. crazy. So, uh, and what about you? What, what stood out for you? There were two things in particular. 
<laughs> First and foremost is that this distillery is definitely not a shower, right? And, and they they don't necessarily, you know, they're they're not trying to pretty it up yeah. in any way, shape, or form. And you know, anytime I go into a distillery, the things that capture my attention the most, and and I don't think what I'm about to say is different than than a lot of people. Uh, but I pay close attention to the stills, right? Because mm -hmm. there's yeah. a sexiness to the stills. And these ones were definitely sexy stills. <laughs> but then also the spirit safe. Mm -hmm. And man, if this spirit safe looks as if it was put together by Mr. Henderson's ninth grade metal shop. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it was just, it was built for a single purpose, to be a spirit safe. It wasn't built to look pretty. It, it was built for a spirit to run through it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, usually, uh, for those that may not have, you know, may not know what a spirit safe is or know what it looks like, you know, all of your spirit runs through this quote-unquote spirit safe and you know, it'd be made out of copper and it's got this, you know, these glass windows that you can look through, but it's locked up. And and that was historically done. Uh, and only the tax and excise man, you know, would have a, a key to it to, to open it up. And because you, know, you couldn't take spirit out there, out of there because of tax reasons and, and so forth. Um, but they were always beautiful, really beautiful. And this one simply was not. So that captured my attention. Okay, um, I just called it up on my phone just yeah. to, to look at an image of it just as you're describing it. Uh -huh. It's it's utilitarian, there's no doubt about it, but it, it has a certain quality to it. That <laughs> okay, but it's not quality completely ramshackle. But uh, okay, maybe, we'll, maybe when this episode goes live, we'll post this photo on the Instagram page. Oh, yeah, we, we can do that and we can maybe use it as part of the image that we use when we post the episode itself. But yeah, th that would be good. Uh, it, but the thing to mention about it, too, it's not copper. The I spirit think, safe? No. The spirit safe? No, it's it's made no. out of aluminum, tin, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> steel, <laughs> straight from Glasgow <laughs> shipbuilding. <laughs> <laughs> containing glass bowls. <laughs> the other thing that captured my attention, uh, so first there was the spirit safe uh, being very utilitarian. I like I like that word. Gets the job done. Does exactly what it says on the tin. Exactly. Uh, but, but the stills, like you had mentioned, this distillery was put together by acquiring bits and bobs from other distilleries. And and the stills are no exception. Those were stills that used to be in the Ben Wivis distillery. W W Y V V I I S S. Very good. You're into the next round of the Scribs spelling bee. Your parents are very proud of you. Oh gosh, I can use it in a sentence if you need me to. <laughs> I think that was what you what led you into the problem in the first place. Yeah, so you know, finding Ben Wivis whiskey is near impossible uh, these days. So it's nice to it's nice to know that spirit is still coming off those stills. 
Yeah, and and I think one of the little whiskey geek uh, questions that we were able to ask was why do both your stills have a porthole? Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, Traditionally, right. it's only your wash still that has the porthole in it, yeah. uh, the port window, so you can see it boiling up and you know to reduce the the temperature on the still. Uh, the spirit stay uh, the spirit <laughs> the spirit still <laughs> don't I don't need you kicking the microphone. This <laughs> Yes. The spirit still doesn't boil up in the same way. No. So anytime you visit a distillery and you see a spirit still with a port window in it, you know there's a story there. Uh-huh. Uh, and so uh, being the whiskey geeks we were, we said to Cameron, hey, what's the story here? And he said, you know, we've asked, was it Frank? Yeah, Frank. Who built them, right? Frank was, was part of the, the rebuild on that. Uh, we ask every time we see him, hey, why is that? And he just he just walks away. He goes, <laughs> oh, bit of business. And keeps moving. And nobody at the distillery has been told why the why both stills have port windows on them. Yeah. yeah Which I, I'm, I'm totally cool with that. I like it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no, it's, you know. I guarantee the, you it's money related, though. Always uh, follow the money. Always follow the money. But, you yeah. know, there's, there's fun little, what's the word I'm trying to, it's not idiosyncrasies. Tidbits tidbits it's fun little tidbits uh in some distilleries that we go to when you say well, that's weird right like when we went into glen glassow for the first time mm-hmm. and their spirit still was their wash still and their wash still was their spirit still they they completely swapped it around and and i don't quite remember the the reason for it and, yeah. and i'm sure there was one yeah, I have it written down somewhere. Yeah, but, uh, you know, just fun little details like that. So the Ben Wivis, the two wash stills, one of them being a spirit still and one of them being a wash still. Um, so that, that that's what struck me the most about that distillery. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm glad we spent the time there. It was a nice walk up, nice walk back. Yeah, it was easy. Easy peasy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then uh, off for a little lunch at the Cadden Heads Tasting Shop. Room. Yep, shop shop yep. in the back. So, yep, yep. Uh, thank you to Randall and Ka- uh, Cameron for that. Uh, it's quite delicious, and probably Mark as well. Should probably thank him as well. He abandoned us, that bastard. <laughs> this kid in head shop. I feel like we should thank Mark as well. <laughs> thank you, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, guys, free dinner and then disappeared on us. Yeah. So, Jason, talk to me about the warehouse tasting. Huh. I don't want to give away too many secrets because, and this is partly their thinking as well, if you've made the trip from wherever you are in the world to Campbelltown, Mm -hmm. there's something a little special awaits you at the end of that journey. And... Them opening the doors of the Cadenheads warehouse mm-hmm. is something very special and something that we very much appreciate. I will say that being led around just popping bungs and filling glasses. Hey, now. <laughs> oh, we're talking about casks still. Okay. Yep. Go on. Hey, hey remember what happens in their state? <laughs> so, um, and so it is. It's obviously a treat tasting anything straight from the cask. Mm-hmm. Um, but but also the camaraderie of it. The yeah. fact that you're standing in a very remote place 
Um, it's not easy to get to Campbelltown, as our cancelled sailboat yacht proves. Yeah. It's not always easy to get to Campbelltown. Um, <laughs> yeah, generally speaking, you can't get there from here. <laughs> I think we make it purposely difficult. Um, but, but yeah, they're, they're, what, three and a half hours from Glasgow? Even... Even in a car, even without stopping, even driving fast. Yeah. They're three and a half hours from Glasgow. Um, and it's, it's five miles. That's the crazy thing. <laughs> <laughs> well played, Haddon. Well played. Um, so, yeah. So, so, so for the people that we've taken to Campbellton and the people that we've taken into the warehouse, they have very special memories of being there mm -hmm. and very uh, special memories of of an afternoons, you know, hour and a half, two hours tasting and purchasing. The thing that all that people always mention, the one thing that they always want to talk about is, and this fits beautifully with what you just said about Glengyle and what you just said about the spirit safe at Glengyle. Yeah. There is no attempt to pretty up the warehouse <laughs> that you go into. It is dark and dank yeah. and moldy and fungal. Mm -hmm. And if you go for a little wander between casks, it's not entirely clear what you'll be putting your foot in or whether you'll be able to stay upright <laughs> or whether your lungs will work yeah. into yeah. advanced adulthood. Um, it, it's, it's a very <laughs> special place that, hey, yeah. if you want to go and taste directly from Cass and perhaps buy a few bottles, this is the place for you. Mm -hmm. If you want there to be beautifully designed windows and, and freshly painted white walls and maybe a, a video showing, you know, kilts and bagpipes, this is not the place no. for you. No, no, no. Uh, and I love that messaging of it. Um, it's very clear, very distinct uh, in its messaging, it, you either you yeah. come in and you live according to our rules, or you go somewhere else. It, it and we're lacks, totally cool if you want to go somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, it lacks uh, all pretense. I mean, it's it just it. Jason, this is your favorite saying. It yeah. is what it is. One hundred and ten percent, Josh. <laughs> Um, no, and, and I and I do firmly believe that that those people who get to go into that warehouse become members of a of a select circle. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a very small number of people uh, in this world who have been in the Cadenheads warehouse and sampled and purchased direct from casks. Yeah, um, and I think if any of those people were to bump into each other elsewhere in the world, what a fantastic meeting point their conversation oh, would yeah. have oh it, it's it that that becomes a night of stories and beers and laughing and yeah it's you know it's like guys who uh who've been to prison i mean they have their stories right <laughs> we have our stories going off between the casts you could end up with something a bit nasty <laughs> like being in prison i'll tell you that um do you have a favorite one that we sampled i'm so glad you asked we're definitely not given the list of what we sampled. That that really does stay in the warehouse. No, um, yeah, that's that's. But yeah. but if you had a favorite, let let me and let the listeners know about that. 
It really is a toss-up between <clears throat> two. Can I can I give both? <laughs> sure, because we definitely tasted more than two. So <laughs> you're welcome to name two. Well, let's just say this. I, I had to remove a couple of shoes to get into how many casts we tasted. But uh, I'm just going to let that one sit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so my two favorites were, you know, interestingly enough, two whiskeys from Campbelltown. Right, so w- when you go into the Cadenheads warehouse, the vast majority of the casks in there are not, you know, Spring Bank or Long Row oh, or no, 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 no. Karen. It's, not. It, you know, it's it's from from so many distilleries. Cadenheads has casks from 108 of the 130 plus distilleries on, you know, in Scotland. So you have access to not all 108, but my point is you could be tasting whiskey from a multitude of distilleries. But in this particular visit... That was a long way to make a very simple point. Eh, no, fuck off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, let me back it up. Let me back it up. Yeah, easy. So the two that I held in the highest regard, one was that long row that was finished for eight years in Chardonnay, I think it was. Maybe five years. Five or six, I can't remember exactly. Yeah, I, I said eight or five, so okay. Um, and then, <laughs> and then the other one was that Kilcarran at a rum cask. Oh, okay. Oh, that one was. You know what? I'm going to call it right here. That one knocked my socks off, and it was 13 years old, something like that. Not, not I don't a, think I bought one of those. What's that? I don't think I bought any Kilcarran. Come on. I bought a really case don't. if you need a bottle. I I think I saw you had a case, and maybe that's why I stopped. Okay, <laughs> cool. I know a guy who has one. This is perfect. Thank you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm searching for the spreadsheet there, and uh, and now I don't have to. So thank okay. you. There you go. What about you? Did you have a favorite? The long roll, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I thought the long roll was just splendid. Uh, very nice balance. And again... One of those pleasant surprises where looking at something that had spent that much time in Chardonnay really didn't excite me. Yeah. I didn't I didn't think I was going to to like it nearly as much as I did. Mm-hmm. And I I always like being surprised like that. Do you remember what the Ockintoshin was matured in? Uh, so the Ockintoshin was extra matured. I oh, know, I think it's was it all of its life? I thought it was all and, I it was full uh, maturation. Yeah, so it was uh, Chateau Lafitte. Oh, and and that's one that I went into it expecting to really like it. Yeah. Um, and I really did not. Yeah, it's I didn't like it either. And I think for some people it's going to be right up their alley um, because it, it's, it was a massive whiskey, but it, for me it didn't work. And, know, you know, know. And here's one of the things about the Cadenheads guys is you can tell them that and they'll say, yeah, makes sense. You don't like it. Let's move on. You know, <laughs> fair enough. Onwards and upwards. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't really dig the Akintoshin, but uh, a few bottles were purchased by our group. There were some in our group who really dug it. So Joshua. Chasen Uwa. <laughs> it's so funny. See, when I listen 
to these podcasts, listen back to these podcasts, I always know where we've had a break in conversation because you always say, so, Jason. And like, that's <laughs> it. That's the point. It's like, do do So, Jason. Okay, transition. Here we go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hold on tight, everybody. So, a cue to the listener, we are going to transit. We will pivot as yes. as the the new saying is it is pivot. pivot is the new thing so um so joshua before we <laughs> move away from this and, and conclude our our time in campbellton i do want to offer sincere thanks to mark yeah. and ranald and cameron slash sweeney yes for uh, what they a organized for us b allowed us to do uh, see just the sheer fun of it uh, mm-hmm. we had a wednesday night right through a thursday uh, that just couldn't have been any more fun. Um, and one thing I was thinking as as you and I were talking here, for some of our listeners, we haven't really explained why we're using Springbank and Glengyle oh, and yeah. Cadenheads interchangeably. And so they're all under the same ownership. They're all owned by the Mitchell family, uh, which is now down to one gentleman, Headley Wright, mm-hmm. who is in his 80s, uh, always referred to as Mr. Wright. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just, just so you know, Joshua, in case you pull out a nickname for the chap. Uh, Mr. Wright is in his 80s, and the distillery will pass on to the people of Campbelltown. Yeah. Uh, Isn't that amazing? Upon upon his passing. Well, which, which we hope doesn't happen too soon, but nope. yeah, he, he doesn't have... He doesn't have any children. He doesn't have an no, heir to no pass it on. No heirs to pass it on to, yeah. yeah. And so I've, I've volunteered many times. I'm behind Ranald and Mark uh, in that line, and I'm sure they're behind people in that line as well. So uh, we would all volunteer to be the heirs. But yes, it will it will pass on to the care. It will go into trust uh, for the people of Campbelltown. So if, if you ever needed a reason, I don't think you really do, but if you ever needed a reason to drink more Springbank, to support what's coming out of Glengyle, mm-hmm. to purchase more Cadenheads, to know that it's moving into trust and that it serves the people of Campbelltown well, please do. Uh, The other thing I would say is please check out episode four where we have a full interview with Mark Watt, uh, the global sales manager, managing director. I'm not entirely sure his his full title is. He's the man who wears the crown uh, for Cadenheads. Sits at the golden throne. Yeah, yeah, that's how we best describe him. Um, yeah, please, please listen to the interview with him. And at some point in the future, we do want to get a full interview with Ranald. Yeah. Uh, yeah so we'll so that we can yeah. have that Springbank conversation and get him on wax, talking about the tradition, talk about the trust, talk about ownership, um, talk about his, his full position. Mm-hmm. So there's still a lot to talk about, uh, but that'll occur in other future podcasts mm-hmm. yeah good 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 jason given the the length of the conversation that we had uh and the fact that we don't have any massive news that we need to share um i suggest we pass on the news segment uh, just just to be clear oh right history history read all about it life story of playboy penny extra history Whiskey Jubilee Chicago tickets still ticking along, ready for November 9th. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Retail release and upcoming Single Cast Nation online membership releases are on the boat coming over. That is still a thing that is happening. Yep, early October is when that should land. And here we are, September 10. Yep. 
and the Whiskey New York City Jubilee bottlings that we discussed in a previous episode are have started shipping out of San Francisco. Yes, this week. yes. So, okay. So uh, there's not there's not big new news, but there is ongoing news. So yeah, good. Go. That's good, it. Good, I just wanted good, to get good. that out in the open. Thank, yeah, you. Thank, yeah, you, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank yeah. you. Cheers. No, thank no you. Jason. Thank you. I'll go back to the corner. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> um, we did get, well, we've been getting some mail. And in the past couple episodes, uh, we, we just sort of passed on by uh, simply because we didn't have that time that we talked about. Uh, but I mentioned uh, in, in, I forget which episode, but I mentioned in a previous episode <laughs> that someone had reached out to us through Instagram. Yes, yes, through, yes, yes. Yes, through the Instagram machine. I feel like you mentioned that just in the last episode, to be honest. Well, you, you know maybe what? maybe in a half episode. Oh, yeah, a previous episode. Yes, carry on, carry yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted I wanted to bring this up because he, he had a very interesting question. Okay. His Instagram name is Balancer. Oh, it makes much more sense when you read it aloud, but it's B-A-L-N-S-I-R, balancer, but right. it's balancer. Right. Okay. So he says... <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. He says, um, sent this through Instagram because you mentioned you didn't know how messages worked on Instagram. I'm an old fella. I don't understand all the newfangled technology. <laughs> Every time I open up this Instagram, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> How is it so instant? <laughs> I don't. I don't understand the gram. <laughs> Grammy, Grammy. So he says. First, I wanted to say that I love the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. He goes on to say, Joshua's interviews are, and this is in all caps, oh, excellent. Gosh. Oh, gosh. Oh, my I, gosh. Talk about bad it. for some people. Well, I feel like my head is going to just explode here. Okay, balancer, get help immediately. <laughs> he clearly should not be making any judgment calls no, at this no, time. No, 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 no. He, he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> he... <laughs> Expert. Yep. So then uh, he moves on and he says, I have a question from your last podcast. Okay. You mentioned that a Laphroaig was not registered in time for you. Mm -hmm. uh, he says, does every brand have to be registered for every release? Seems to be a huge pain for brands to hit the shelves. Also, are some states more difficult than others to get whiskey registered? Just curious. Oh, great question. Yeah. Super duper. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, you know. Thanks at, for writing in with that balancer. Yeah, thank you. That was, that was, that was very nice. Oh, very fun. Um, so let's, let's explain our lives <laughs> to you when it comes yep. to registering stuff. As with, uh, hold on, let me back up here. Yeah, back I up. think how long it's Always best. Always best to back up. As with our, our system here in the U.S., which is the three-tiered system where you, A, have to import it, B, have to get it distributed in from, you know, from state to state to state, and C, have a retailer sell that to you or a bar owner 
sell you a dram of something or a glass of wine of something or a bottle of beer or something. Um, when it comes to registering these products, be it spirits or wine or beer, um, you have the first level of registration slash approval, and that is something called label approval through a company, not a company, but an organization called the TTB or the Tax and Trade Bureau. So these are the guys that make sure that single malt scotch whiskey is, is the fonts are big enough, that it's out there, that you've got the government warning on there, uh, that you say alcohol by volume instead of alk slash volume. Um, <laughs> and then that, too soon, Joshua. Too, too soon, soon. I know, I know. Um, you know, so it's an agency that just double checks to make sure that your labels comply with what the rules say should and should not uh, be okay for a label. Now, after that, then we go to the state. Now, different states have different label registration processes. But let's talk about my fair state of Connecticut, where you have to spend quite a bit of money to get that label registered. Uh, last time I checked, I think it was $250 to register the label. And then that label is good for three years. Hmm. After that, you have, you've got to re-register it. In New Jersey, it's a $25 fee to register the label. Do you know how long that's good for? I don't. Uh, off the top of my head, I, I don't know what that's good for. But we've ran into something kind of recently, right, with, with our new round of labels. Mm -hmm. So what we ran into, <laughs> and there's always issues, right? So we, we've we learned to expect these issues. So one of the things that you can do, and this, this is definitely a peek behind the curtain, okay? If you want to get a label registered, but you're not exactly certain of the final details, there are key parts of that label that can be changed, right? So... Uh, for instance, our 28-year-old canvas, uh, it's a 28-year-old, 42.6% alcohol, uh, but we didn't know at the time if that canvas would have turned 29 by the time it got bottled. So we just put a label in, uh, said it was 29 years, and I don't think we had the exact ABV, so we just put in, you know, five, six point seven, something like that, just just to get it approved, just so they see that all the parts are in the right place. Here's where the issue comes into play. When we send New York that approval, and it's called a COLA, a certificate of blah blah blah, whatever. It's just, it's it's the legal certificate saying that the label's approved. They have to send that to the New York State Liquor Authority. And the New York State Liquor Authority will say, okay, wait, 29 years old, that's what it says on the certificate. We also need to see the actual label itself. Can you send me the label? Mm. And then we send them the label, and the label says, no, sorry, this is actually 28 years old, and it's 42.6% alcohol. <laughs> I spy trouble. Right? Yeah. So, so you, you know, there are little things like that that have to be rectified. And so to answer your question... Every single release from every distillery, every independent bottler, every brewer, 
you name it, has to go through this type of stuff in some way, shape, or form. But these distributors, they have a position for people called compliance, who knows how to handle all of this stuff. They know every single in and out. So we rely heavily on our distributors to make sure that you know everything is being done the way that it should be. Certificate of label approval. Oh my gosh. The label approval was the easy part. <laughs> <laughs> what would the L be? La, 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 we're talking about labels. What would the la, L be? La, 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 Oh, well. Oh, you'd rather have a full bottle in front of you than a frontal lobotomy. So um, I want to thank Balancer again for the question and for reaching out and and for teaching us that Instagram works. I will say this. Oh? Discussing label certification is about as boring as it gets in the industry. Mm Mm-hmm. However, you and I have committed to an industry podcast. And if there are a handful of listeners who found that riveting, then it was worth our time bringing it up and discussing it. <laughs> I, I think there also may be a handful of listeners that took a rivet gun to their head. <laughs> Just end it. End it now. Is this what you mean by riveting? I tell you what, though, if, if they found the label discussion uh, a wonderful relief from our dad jokes, like I could <laughs> then again, our time will have been well spent. Oh, so. can I tell you a dad joke? No. Come on. Okay. <laughs> How do you know that you've passed a rhino? How do you know you've passed a rhino? Go on. Can't put the toilet lid down. <laughs> Good lord! Good. Uh, that may, Was that may or from, may not make it to the final gut. Did David Stark tell you that at Maltstock? He did. <laughs> that has David Stark's name all over it. And now you have to leave it in because it was obviously identified as a David Stark joke. So, so speaking of Maltstock. Yes. Which, uh, what a transition. Hey, look at that. It's perfect. We've spent the past hour or so building up to that segue. <laughs> Everything. Even the cola talk was all leading up to that moment. Don Johnson, every bit of it. Ozzy Osbourne's <laughs> tribute. Um, so so uh, I'm currently in Amsterdam having just enjoyed um, uh, a short, short bit of time at Maltstock. Uh, where I got to spend time with David Sterk from Exclusive Malts, who was uh, our first interview, uh, with uh, Mark Watt of Caddenheads, who was our fourth interview, of Lucas Denoyak of um, Old Pulteney, Bell Blair, who was episode six, I want to say. Okay. Um, but he, the reason I bring this up is Mark Watt, brought up what I think is a wonderful misconception. And yet, when we asked him for a misconception on our podcast, he didn't bring this one up. He didn't bring this one up. I was really surprised by it. So he started going 
you know, first off, his campfire masterclass was amazing, right? You had 200 people, men and women, uh, from around the world just, you know, listening to him and, and Sweeney give this masterclass. And basically, you know, it was watching a, you know, a comedy act. It was Laurel and Hardy. But one of the things that Mark likes to do is to dispel things and and to take away the the pretentiousness that unfortunately bleeds into the industry on occasion. And being an independent bottler, he thought it was apropos to talk about a common phrase that consumers say that some bottlers may say. I, I don't know. I haven't heard this. Um, intros like this always worry me because then I'm just waiting on hearing something that I say all the time and that I firmly believe in. <laughs> well, so, it, it's, keep it's, going. I'll, I'll throw myself on my sword if I have to. So what he said was the casks selected for indie bottlings, mm -hmm. those casks were selected at their peak. Yeah, we we purposely avoid saying that. Right? Because how do you know? If yeah. it's at its peak. Okay. Okay. Phew. Okay. Whew. That's a relief. Okay. Yeah, this is yeah. something that you and I feel pretty. And, and, and I'm sorry to, to yeah. interrupt you here, but it, it comes to mind for our Colhoman 4. Exactly. Where, and I was going to go there, where, but I'm going to let you okay. go there. Well, it just, we poured that so often for so many people. And what did we hear? This is amazing. Could you imagine what this would be like as an eight-year-old? Nope. No, I can't, because no. it could completely fall off a cliff at any second. It could be amazing. It could be without a doubt a hundred times better than it was as a four-year-old, yeah. which was already pretty damn spectacular. Yeah. Yep. Or it could completely change on you. Yeah, we liked it, it as it was. So right? I'm sorry for yeah. for preempting you on that one. No, 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 no. That's so. I that's exactly what I was going to say. Is you simply don't know. It it could fall off a cliff, and it could fall off a cliff for six months. And then all of a sudden it takes a turn because the weather changed for some reason or, you know, what what have you. And it could very well be that our four-year-old Kilhoman, which A, was fantastic, yep. could have been amazing as a 10-year-old. We don't know. We don't know what the prime is for a single cask. But what, what we've said from the very get-go is when we select a cask, we are selecting a moment in time. And at this particular moment in time, this cask is really good. Yep, exactly. And and we exactly. leave it at that. But there's so many people say, oh, this is perfect. This is the best, you know, this cask will ever be. And you simply just don't know that. So I think, no. you know, for those of you that, that you know, purchase these single casks and, and you love it, that's great. doesn't necessarily mean that whiskey is at its prime. Correct. Uh, it could very well mean it, but it doesn't necessarily mean it. And, and I, I thought that, I, yeah. I had another example with um, Mick and Tammy, who, who run the Highland Steelhouse in Oregon City. It's right. a fantastic whiskey bar that if you're anywhere near, go visit it. And if you're not near, make yourself near it. And uh, they were part of a private group who owned a Port Charlotte casket brooklady. Mm -hmm. And they tasted as an eight-year-old and it was it was spectacular, really spectacular. And the group said, this is this is very, very good. Let, if it's this good right now, let's, let's give it another year. Mm. And they tasted it as a nine-year-old, and it wasn't quite as good. Oh. Uh, and the reason that this story came to mind is what you were just saying there about maybe it's, maybe it's a temporary lull. Maybe mm. it'll come back again. 
And so they said, okay, it's taking a little dip. Let's sit on it. And it they tasted it again as a 10-year-old. Yeah. And it wasn't as good as it had been as a nine-year-old, which wasn't as good as it had been at an eight-year-old. Oh, no. And at this point, they're saying, well, what do we do now? <laughs> where, <laughs> where do we take this? We can't, go, we can't go back in time two years. And so they said, well, we just have to sit on it again. And they sat on it, and they were, the last I spoke to them, they were waiting to taste it uh, as an 11-year-old. And that was a couple of years ago. I'm, I'm not entirely sure what happened to the cask at the end of that. Wow. But it, it shows that that chance that's always being taken. And it's one of the things you and I have talked about in previous podcasts where we'll make a cask decision mm-hmm. and we'll let whoever we're purchasing it from know whether it's a broker or it's a, a distillery. Okay, this is the cask for us. Then we move into the various processes that we have to move into. And in some cases, it can be three months, six months, a year between us selecting the cask <laughs> and having the bottle of it in our hand. Yeah, yeah. And we often kind of hunker down and say, okay, what's what's happened in the time since we selected this? Mm-hmm. Um, and we've, we've always said, okay, that's as good as it was when we selected it or oh boy, that's even better than it was when we selected yeah, it. Yeah. How lucky are we? We've thankfully never been in a position where we've said, oh no, like <laughs> this took six extra months and it really, it fell off. Not fell off a cliff, it, you know, but it, oh, it's not as good as I remember it. Yeah. We've, we've touch wood, knock, 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 avoided a whole bunch of, of problems there. But you and I, I think as we're describing this tour that we've been on, I think we've presented ourselves as nervous Nellies who worry about a lot of things all the time. <laughs> and it, that is certainly one of those things that we find ourselves worrying about. Yeah. Will this be the time when we don't get as lucky? We're six, almost seven years into this. <laughs> so, which, when you're four days of good weather on Isla, you know where it can only go. <laughs> wow, that, that that sounds like a glass half full of poison. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You're not going to get me to stop being nervous about it. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Okay. okay. Might we avoid the situation? Yes. Will we stop being nervous? No. 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 That's why your hair is so gray. That's it. Pure why I've been worrying like this since I was 16. <laughs> so um, we need to close this out. You need. We to do. Go we do. It's been another children. good one. Thoroughly enjoyed going back around our Campbellton. Yeah. Yeah. This was. Um, yes. And when we next uh, come back with an episode, we'll be closing out our tour on Isla. Yeah, there's there's something I am so excited to talk about. I'm not going to say what it is. Just let people know that I'm, I'm going to be excited. There's going to be a real excited Joshua Hatton next episode. I'm going to be pumped. Before we close out, I just need to remind people, please, 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 please uh, give us some... Nice five-star reviews on iTunes. Say some nice things on there. We're getting more and more listenership. Um, I have not visited that in a while. I need to remedy that. As soon as the as soon as we close this recording, yeah. I'm going to go off to iTunes. So thank yeah. you to the people that have taken the time. Yes, and, yeah. Uh, thank you in advance for kind words. Yep. All, all those words and stars have helped to grow our listenership and you telling your friends and your friends telling their friends. It's, it's all been great. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you. And for folks like Balancer mm-hmm. and anyone else who wants to reach out to us, you can do so by email. Questions at One Nation Under Whiskey. You could also do so by Twitter. <laughs> 
At. I love the fact you led with balancer and then said email. That's like, oh, wow, he's leading with the Instagram address this week. Nope. Right back to email. No, you got to do balancer the list. reached out over Instagram DM. No, I, I, I make my list by priority. Or not, not oh, by, by sensibility. Oh, by sensibility. No, I, I think we're seeing many more people on Instagram now. I, I think, think Instagram nonsense. should be the priority. Really? Email, email, Grandpa. Slow it down. Pump the brakes, Grandpa. Get on the Instas. I think you should reach out to us. <laughs> By teletype. <laughs> <laughs> what is our teletype number? Just out of curiosity. Uh, just if you just uh, go out into the middle of a field, <laughs> uh, bring out your record player. Oh, and, this is perfect. Yeah, and and play Rush's YYZ. Okay. That will be a way in which you can listen to us. First that and then Red... Barchetta, Bruschetta. That will summon the teletyper. Yeah, and then and then you will you will be able to teletype. Um, <laughs> I don't know what the hell I'm saying. Is, tele, is, is the teletyper? Is that a character? Is that like Skinny Man? Is that what I'm hearing here? Wasn't, uh, wasn't one of the Teletubbies gay? <laughs> I'm not sure what the purple one has got to do with anything. Yeah, he had a handbag. That was it. He yeah. never. Just had a handbag. So, for those of you that want to reach out to us, like our our friend Balancer did, uh, you can do so a multitude of ways. And, and I'm going to begin with Instagram in this hey, particular hey. case. Okay. <laughs> so you can reach out to us via Instagram. Um, our handle is at One Nation Under Whiskey. Feel free to tag us on something. Right. Oh, if you're be fun. Oh, drinking yeah. some whiskey and you want to send yeah. us a picture. Yeah, uh, we'd love that. Yeah, um, you can tweet at us via the Twitter machine, uh, and that is at One Nation Whiskey. You could email us, which is uh, I enjoy the emails, and that is questions at One Nation Under Whiskey. And then finally, 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 uh, you can Facebook message us Facebook dot com slash One Nation Under Whiskey and as always, is there an E in whiskey, Jason? There is not. No. There's no E in whiskey. So, Jason, that brings us to a close. Tickety-boo. Yeah. Lovely time. Lovely time as always. Indeed. Just uh, as a little bonus for the listeners, this episode was recorded with me in my home office in Virginia and you in a hotel room in Amsterdam. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking out over... Or I'm not sure of... you want to describe what you can see at your <laughs> hotel window. Uh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't say. Yeah. Given that it's always the penis with you, I think we should just leave it at this. No, there's none of that. There's none of that. Just none of a, that. a beautiful canal. Lovely. If you know what I mean. A, uh, a canal? Canal? A, a canal? <laughs> Is that what they pronounce it? Canal here. They, they, they really do. love canal uh, here in Amsterdam. <laughs> Gosh. Thanks to the listeners. There's a couple different movies they released, you know, for the for the boats. Because they have like boats you can rent and and you can, you know, take, you know, your wife out or, or what have you. And it's a whole series, so it's uh Cano Lovers Volumes one through seven. <laughs> yeah. Some people just hang out on the rim. 
of of the boat as it going down the candle. It's being real. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Thanks to our listeners. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks to our participants. Yes, thank you. And thank you to you for coming in loud and clear from Amsterdam. Thank you. Thank you for coming in loud and clear through Virginia. Cheers. <laughs> All right. Cheers. Thank you.